0: Hello, FRIED fans, and welcome to season four of FRIED, the burnout podcast. I'm your host, Kate Donovan, and my mission with FRIED is to hashtag end burnout culture. On this pod, we end burnout culture by sharing stories of people who have been through it all, sharing expert tips from the best in the burnout field, sharing hashtag straight from Kate episodes with my own expertise and some fun research now that I'm a student again, plus sharing actionable steps to help you end burnout starting today. If you're feeling burnt out right now and you need personalized guidance, you can book a free Breakthrough Burnout Call with me. You'll find the link bit.ly backslash call Kate in the show notes. Also, if you love Fried and want to be part of our community, we'd love to have you. Just head over to Facebook and type in Fried the Burnout Podcast Discussion and click to join our group. It's a place for continued healing, deeper conversations, and connections with people who just get it. And now, for this week's episode... All right. And before we jump into it today, I want to give a shout out to my sister podcast. Instead of sister cities, we're doing sister podcasts these days because we all know that mental health is important, but sometimes it can feel super heavy. If you're a fried fan, you definitely know that. So we wanted to share a way today that you can improve your mental health and actually have fun doing it. And that is where the Happy Brain Podcast can help. In less than 15 minutes, Heather Parody explores The outside of the box ways to not only improve your mental health, but have a freaking great time doing it. Just search for the Happy Brain Podcast with Heather Parody today and start making your mental health journey and your brain a little happier. Hello, Fried fam. Today I am coming to you again with a request slash question that came up in the Fried Facebook group, and the question was about returning to work sort of during or after your burnout recovery, and if there are any tips for that, anything that you should watch out for while it's happening, and the conversation that happened under this question was straight fire, and it made me fall in love with this community all over again. So massive thank you, first and foremost, to my fried Facebook community family for supporting each other, for lifting each other up, and for sharing your experiences in a way that helps each other move forward. You inspire me every day, and I am so thrilled that this community exists. It goes beyond any expectation that I ever created for starting this podcast, and it just—so just thank you. And if you're not in there with us yet, please come hang out with us. There'll be a link in the show notes. So Today, you're going to get seven tips for your return to work during or after burnout recovery. The same tips apply. And we're going to go through them straightforward. You know, we're just going to get straight to the juice here. So I'm going to hop right in. Number one, watch for feelings of resentment. I know I say this a lot on the podcast. Resentment is such an amazingly powerful tool when you are coming through burnout recovery. But I want you to watch for feelings of resentment and notice that they're a good thing, that you noticed them and that that's amazing because now you have some information that lets you know that a boundary needs to be put into place. Yay. If you don't know where the boundaries need to be, it's impossible to put them into place and it's it's impossible to reinforce them. So sometimes you'll learn that the boundary will need to be one that you need to honor within yourself, an internal boundary. So, you know, I don't want you to go volunteering for that extra piece of work when you're already burnt out. And I want you to be sure that you shut your computer time down and get home within normal working hours, things like that. Those are internal boundaries that we need to watch out for. Sometimes it's an external boundary that needs to be put into place. So that would be like, sharing with your HR bosses and colleagues information that will help you and accommodate you to be successful in your job. And this leads us, this sort of idea that you'd have to set a boundary or have a conversation with your HR bosses and colleagues leads to our next tip. And this is a tough one. And this is one that people don't always agree with, but something that I know makes a big difference in the long term. Number two is be as honest as you feel safe being with your colleagues, bosses, and HR team. While you don't necessarily owe anyone an explanation, when you don't tell them what's going on with you, you don't give them the opportunity to give you any grace. Our attitudes change, all of us, when we know each other's stories, and you never know who you might help by sharing yours. You can absolutely choose to protect parts of your story, but having a version of it that you can share will go a long way when it comes to asking for accommodations and creating new boundaries. In the bounce-back ability factor, there's a conversation about how changing your boundaries will lead to some discomfort with the people around you, and that that's okay. It's part of the process. But I promise you that the boundary conversations will go easier if people understand why you're setting them. If anyone has ever read the posts on Instagram or Facebook by Humans of New York, you know how easy it is to recognize someone's full humanity when you know their story. Give people the opportunity to see you, to give you grace, and to meet you where you are. They can't do that if they don't have your story. And know ahead of time going into it that some people are really going to suck at this. And that's okay. But the fact is, Most people will be even grander than you ever imagined. Number three, if you drive to work before you get into the office, when you arrive before getting into the office, either stay in your car or stay outside and take three minutes to do some breathing. Do the same thing when you leave the building or get into your car after you finish work. This helps to frame your day and helps to keep your nervous system a little more aligned during your work day. My favorite breathing technique to use in such a short period of time comes to us from the HeartMath Institute, and it is really, really easy. The whole thing is slow your breathing down just a little tiny bit. So if you'd normally inhale for two and exhale for two, Shoot for inhale for three and exhale for three instead. I'm not trying to make you a yogi overnight or teach you magic tricks of pranayama. Just slow down your breathing a little tiny bit. And as you do it, I want you to imagine that your inhales and exhales are going straight into your heart and then right back out both ways. The inhale and the exhale go right through the center of your chest into your heart and then come out the center of your chest from your heart. I'm not going to spend time on this particular episode boring you with all the science. It's not boring to me, but with all the science of why this works. But if you want to read about it, I will include a link to the HeartMath Institute so you can check it out for yourself. You can also do this technique at any point during the day, right? But I want you just to think about if you're driving into work or even if your work is in your house before sitting down at your desk, find a time and a space to breathe for three minutes. Before you leave your desk and enter your world again, your life again, take three minutes. If Those six minutes a day will really add up and make a big, big change long term. Tip number four. Go to the bathroom or to your car or outside a couple of times a day for a nervous system break. Do not try to force yourself to sitting into place for eight plus hours if you've been out of the office for a few weeks. If lunch out is an option and you can afford it, go out for lunch. Giving yourself mini breaks and times away from your desk and your phone will go a massively long way in keeping you safe. Remember that a huge part of burnout recovery is creating feelings of safety so that your nervous system doesn't have to stay on alert all the time. So create small breaks, change your desktop picture to a nature scene, bring some essential oils with you to work if you have to, do what you have to do to feel as good as possible in your space. This is massively important. Number 5. Now this tip, I'm getting into tips from other people now, which is really fun. This tip comes from my very good friend Sarah Vosen and she commented on this post in the group and she said, "For me, my quote-unquote watch-outs are a flare-up of any of the symptoms I was feeling at peak burnout. I notice even just a hint of that symptom slash feeling in my body, and I use that as a sign that I'm pushing my body too much. For me, it's mid-back pain on the right and overwhelm. What are yours? This is an amazing question, so I want you to stop and think about this. What are slash were your peak burnout symptoms. And then pay attention, keep an eye out for them so that you know when you're sort of edging close to the line. Really important. Tip number six comes from fellow burnout coach Eliza Collins, also known as the burnout witch here around Fried the Burnout podcast. And she says, build white space into your calendar each day. Even if it's just your lunch break where you put your phone on do not disturb and then you breathe, you listen to music, you eat at a leisurely pace, etc. This is really similar to the take breaks for your nervous system. And it's just said in a couple of different words. And I wanted to say it twice in different words because I think it's that important. I love the words white space and they are incredibly important in my personal calendar. When I don't see white space in my calendar, I get anxious. So this is really important for me. And the idea of putting your phone on do not disturb reminded me of tip number seven. Turn off all non-crucial notifications, sounds, banners, pop-ups, all of them. Interruptions cause feelings of higher workload, higher stress, and frustration. They cause feelings of more time pressure and more effort put into your work according to a study from the University of California, Irvine. So everything that you don't need to hear, everything that doesn't need to pop up on your screen and interrupt you, shut it down. This will also help you create some white space because you'll be able to focus easier and therefore get things done faster. And when things are done faster, you have more white space, right? So all these things work together. I know that Getting back into work when you've had a break can be a really jarring situation. So I hope these tips are helpful to you. I could have gone on, but I thought that if you are still recovering from burnout, then more than seven tips might be a little much to think about. So I'm going to do just a very quick recap, and then I'm going to let you on to your Sunday. People started telling me recently that they, because we release episodes on Sundays, they wait for their burnout church. So I'll end your burnout church sermon a little early this week. So here are the tips. Watch out for feelings of resentment. Be as honest as you feel safe being with your colleagues. Spend a few minutes before you start working and after you finish to do some breathing exercises to set the pace for your day and set the pace for your time at home. Take breaks during the day to protect your nervous system, go out to lunch, whatever it happens to be. Pay attention to any of the symptoms you are feeling at peak burnout build white space into your calendar, and turn off all non-crucial notifications. All right, until next week, see you then. Enjoy all the good things that come into your life this week. Okay, bye.